If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Judges, chapter 13. 
and we'll be looking at verses 24 and 25. Now, when you think of Samson, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, many people, when they think of Samson, they think of Samson and Delilah. Other people think of his great strength that he had. Some people think about how, you know, with his bare hands he, he killed the lion or where he, he killed the 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. When we look at the story of Samson, what we see, though, is that the Lord used him pretty much the same way he used Gideon. And remember last week we looked at Gideon. You know, many of us think that Samson was this big muscle-bound Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking man, but the scripture never tells us that. It says that the Lord used Samson. The Lord was the source of Samson's strength. So Samson was pretty much a normal-looking man, much like Gideon. And the Lord just used him in a mighty way. Now what we do know about Samson that is different than Gideon is that Samson was raised as a Nazarite. He had been raised in such a way that his parents had vowed him to the Lord, just as the Lord had told them to do. So Samson was raised under this vow to the Lord. Basically, he was given to God. And that vow is also what caused Samson's major problem that we'll be looking at today. So if you would look at Judges chapter 13, verses 24 and 25. It's written, And the wife bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to strengthen him in the host of Dan between Zorah and Eshtal. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship together. Just give us insight and understanding into your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would just speak through me and give me the words to say. And Lord, we again lift up those that are sick and shut in, those that are traveling, those that have lost loved ones. Lord, we just lift them all up to you and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today and overshadow us with your love and watch care. And if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts today. And Lord, just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now what we see if we look back in chapter 13, pretty much all the way through chapter 16, we see the Philistines were vexing Israel. And if you look back at verse 1, what it says is that the Lord had turned Israel over to the Philistines. He was using the Philistines to punish Israel. And that's pretty much what we see throughout the book of Judges. In the book of Judges, we see that Israel would fall into sin God would punish them with the nations that surrounded them. 
using those nations to punish Israel, then the Israelites would cry out to God. They would repent of their sins. And then God would raise a judge who would judge Israel and deliver them from whoever was vexing them. But the problem with Israel was as once a judge died, they would fall back into sin. We see this with Samson. Once Samson died, Israel fell back into sin. We saw it with Gideon. When Gideon died, Israel fell back into sin. And then God would punish them with the nations that had surrounded them. So what we see is in verse 1 is that they continued in sin and then the Lord delivered Israel into the hands of the Philistines and what it says at the end of verse 1, it says that he had done it for 40 years. Basically, they were being punished for 40 years. But then what happens is we see that Chapter 13 stops talking about Israel's sin and then it starts to talk about Samson's parents. Because the angel of the Lord came to Samson's mother who was barren and told her that he was going to give them a son. Now he doesn't tell them what to name the child the angel of the Lord just said that he was going to give them a son and that they would raise that son as a Nazarite. Basically, the mother would have to follow all these dietary restrictions as she carried the child. And then once Samson was born, he would have to follow all what is said in the Bible concerning the Nazarite vow. He would not be allowed to cut his hair. He would not be allowed to eat certain things. He would not be allowed to pollute himself through these things. He would be given to God and then the angel of the Lord told her that this child would be used to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And this is what we see. If you look, we see God announcing Samson. Then what we read today in verse 24, it says that God blessed Samson and then in verse 25, it says that God strengthened Samson. But then when we continue to read about Samson, we're not told that he was this big guy. We're told he was used by God. And we see this in chapter 14, verse 6. It says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him before he killed the lion. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. In verse 19 of chapter 14, it says that Samson went to Eshkelon, which was one of the capital cities of the Philistines, and he killed 30 men. But it says that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him when he did that. And then in chapter 15, again, when... He slew the 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of the donkey. It says that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. So God was using him to do these things. Samson's great strength came to him from God. The Holy Spirit would come upon him 
And the Holy Spirit was the one who was strengthening him. God was giving him the strength. But it also shows us something else. Remember the woman named Delilah? Remember, Samson was a Nazarite. He could not have his head shaved. Because his strength came from God and nowhere else, when Delilah shaved his head, that violated his vow to God. Now, some people might think that that was unfair because Samson was asleep when it happened. But it was completely fair. Because Samson had put himself in a situation that God had told him not to put himself in, in the law. The children of Israel were not to pollute themselves with the surrounding nations. So when Samson did this and went to Delilah, he was violating the law of God. And when his head got shaved, it violated his vow. And God punished him for that by taking away his strength that God had been giving him. It violated the law of God. And that's why if you look at chapter 16, verse 22, when it says that his hair began to grow back, his strength did not automatically return. The strength was not in his hair. The strength was in God. Samson's strength returned when you look down in verse 28 and it says that Samson prayed. Pretty much reconciling himself with God and asking for God to give him the strength again. Samson had to repent before God was going to use him again. And that's what we see. Look at verse 28 in chapter 16. It says, Then Samson called upon the Lord and said, O Lord God, I pray thee, think upon me, O God, I beseech thee, strengthen me this time, at this time only, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. He reconciled himself to God and asked God to return his strength. Samson was not a muscle-bound hero. Samson was just someone who was used by God to do the will of God. The same with Gideon. His strength came from God through the Holy Spirit coming upon him, and God used Samson as his instrument. Samson was used to deliver Israel from the Philistines, and that's the same thing that we see with Gideon. Gideon was just used by God to deliver Israel from the Midianites. But what we also see when we look at Samson and what's recorded about Samson here is just a small part of what Samson did. God is giving us enough of the exploits of Samson to see what God can use us to do if we allow him. And how do we know this? Because if you look down 
in verse 31, it says that, of chapter 16, it says that Samson judged Israel for 20 years. We're just given a small part of what Samson did. But we're given enough by God in the word of God to see what we can accomplish if we let God use us. Which is the same that we have with Gideon. We're only given a small part of what Gideon did. But we're given enough to see how God can use us if we allow him. And what we also see about Samson, if you look back at chapter 14, verse 4, is everything that transpires with Samson did so because God allowed it. God was using Samson to accomplish his will. Because when Samson said that he wanted to marry the Philistine woman and the parents objected, it says that the parents did not know that this was from God. God was going to use this as an occasion against the Philistines. And what we see is Samson was, in a sense, God's terrible swift sword against the Philistines. God used him as his instrument to punish the Philistines for what they were doing to Israel and to deliver Israel from their hands. The Spirit of the Lord would come upon him and he would do all these mighty works to punish the Philistines and free Israel from the oppression that they were under. But again, it was just through the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit coming upon him would allow Samson to do these mighty works to which God had called. That's the only thing that we see with Samson. But what we also see is think about what the Christian can do if the Christian would allow God to use them to do his work. You see, the reason that we don't see the power of God at work in our lives many times is because we do not give ourselves over to God for his use. We want to keep part of ourselves back. And we sit there and say, well, God, I'll give you 90%, but I want to keep 10%. Or I'll give you 99%, but I want to keep 1%. Well, if you're keeping even 1% from God, God is not going to use you. God wants 100% of us. Think about something. When Samson was filled with the Holy Spirit, and when Gideon was filled with the Holy Spirit, did Samson have more of the Holy Spirit than Gideon? Did Gideon have more of the Holy Spirit than Samson? No. It says the Spirit of the Lord was upon them. What we see is they gave themselves wholly over to God. God used 100% of Samson and 100% of Gideon to do his bidding. They did not keep anything back from God. 
Both were used by God to fulfill the purpose of God. They didn't have more or less than of the Spirit than anyone else. Because God does not hold His Spirit back like that. Think about something. For the Christian, we're indwelt by the Spirit. Do I have more of the Holy Spirit in me than Missy? Does Steve have more of the Holy Spirit than me? No. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God. And he indwells us completely. When we don't see the Spirit using us, or we don't see the power of the Spirit in our life, it's because we're not giving ourselves over to God for use. We have to give God 100%. Gideon and Samson accomplished the things they accomplished because they allowed God to use them. And they didn't hold anything back. Think about all that we could accomplish as Christians if we allow God to use us 100%. If we gave God 100% of ourselves and didn't keep anything back from him. Look at what Gideon accomplished. Look at what Samson accomplished just because they gave themselves over to God, allowing God to use them for his purpose. That's also the key, isn't it? They allowed God to use them for his purpose. Many times Christians believe that God is a genie in the bottle, that we can just rub the magic lamp and use God Anytime we want God to do something for us. It doesn't work that way. God will answer our prayers, yes. But our prayers must be prayed in his will. And we must want his will accomplished. And we must be used for his will. Think about something. He's God. He's the creator and ruler of the entire universe. We are not. We are his creation. And as his creation, we must allow him to use us how he wants to use us. And that's what we see with Gideon and Samson. But then we can turn to the New Testament and we can see the same thing with the apostles. Think about the think about Peter. Did Peter hold anything back from God? No. God allowed Peter to use, or Peter allowed God to use him, and we see that in the book of Acts. Think about Paul. Paul allowed God to use him throughout the book of Acts. Now, was Paul's, if we say, was Paul's pilgrimage or walk easy or hard? It was hard. 
But God never promised us we would have an easy road to walk. Christ says we must take up our cross and follow him. And we see that with Paul. We also see it, especially with Paul, in chapter 9 when when God tells Ananias that he was going to show Paul all the things that he must suffer for his namesake. Paul did not have an easy road to walk, but Paul allowed himself to be used by God 100%. And we see this in Paul's declaration to the Philippian church when he says, for to me to live is Christ and die gain. Paul allows himself to be used by God. Samson was used by God to accomplish his task in the world. The Spirit came upon him and used him to accomplish these tasks. The same with Gideon, the same with the apostles. Think about all that we could accomplish if we allow God to use us. Can we give ourselves over and let God use us to reach people in the community for Christ? Can we give ourselves over and let God use us to reach friends and family that we know is lost, try to reach them for Christ? Can we give ourselves to God and let him use us in the church? Let him use us turning our lives over to him and letting him lead us where he wants us to go and do the things that he wants us to do. You know, giving ourselves over and letting God lead and letting him guide us and letting him do what he wants to do through our lives means that we give ourselves completely over to him and we let him use us. Being used by God and letting God use us where he wants us means two things. It means, one, that we are letting go of self and grabbing hold to God, which is what he wants. But it also means something else. It means that we are obeying. We are obeying God and listening to his call. And sometimes we do need to listen, don't we? But do you know what listening to God really means? Turn over to Psalm 46 real quick. Look at verse 10. In Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. That's at the heart of listening. Be still and know that I am God. It means that we be quiet. We be quiet in our heart, in our mind. We quieten down the things that are distracting us in the world. And that means that we calm ourselves. We be calm. And we listen for that still, small voice of God. And then we be still. 
and we wait for God to move us where he wants us. We be still, be calm, and be quiet in our heart and our mind. And we listen for his call. And then we allow him to use us in a mighty way. The same as he did with Gideon and the same as he did with Samson. And God can use us in a mighty way. All we must do is give ourselves over to him and let him work through us. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from your word, and I thank you, Lord, that we can just use your word and apply it into our life. And Lord, I just pray as we go into this time of invitation, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's